The following podcast is a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be sent to DeSantisProd at gmail.com. Are you talking shift? We are. It's time for the We're Talking Shift podcast. Now, now, now. Here to talk shift are your hosts, Lori Bischoff and Candace Parisi. We're talking shift. Hi, I'm Lori Bischoff. Welcome to We're Talking Shift, the podcast where we talk shift because we believe the antidote to feeling stuck is found by shifting our thinking and learning to listen to our gut. My co-host today is not Candace Parisi. No, my sidekick is snowed in. Yes, she's in Chicago with a tree in her driveway. She can't get out and um, get to her office where her equipment is. So, unfortunately, I'm I'm gonna have to forge ahead without her, and uh, and she'll be back next time. So today. We're introducing our new segment today, actually, called Going Rogue, and uh, we're really excited about this because this is a segment where we get to interview a special guest and ask them about a time when they went rogue, you know, like they stepped out of line or they did something really unexpected, you know, unexpected for them, out of line for them, and it really ended up changing the course of their life. So today we have our first Going Rogue guest, G. Brian Benson. So Brian is an award-winning and number one best-selling author. He's a life coach, a radio host, an actor, a filmmaker, and a TEDx speaker. Brian knows the value of trusting intuition, and he wants to share his own personal journey of self-growth, discovery, and accomplishment to help others reconnect with their own personal truths to live an authentic and a fulfilling life. Now, as a four-time Ironman triathlete and cross-country bicyclist, Brian knows the value of hard work and never giving up on your dreams, which is a message that he shares with audiences through each of his creative expressions. Brian's brand new book, Habits for Success, Inspired Ideas to Help You Soar with Mango Publishing, is an Amazon number one bestseller. Hey, Brian. Welcome to We're Talking Shift. Thank you, Lori. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. You know, I have to say I'm almost kind of uh, out of breath after reading off all of your um, accomplishments and credentials. And I was like, maybe it would have been quicker to to say what you have not done because it's a long list of, of impressive accomplishments. I got to tell you. Thank you. Well, thank you. It feels like I've had many lifetimes. Um, yeah. And yeah. I will say that I have, yeah, I have not climbed Mount Everest yet. <laughs> no, okay. nor do I have All any right. plans well, to. Well, good. I mean, you got to have a reason to get up in the morning. So, you know, <laughs> Mount Everest, yes. put that on the top of the list. I like uh. it. I like it. So, um, I, I mean, I'm just like, there's so much good stuff here. I'm, I'm actually struggling on where I want to dive in with you. I mean, best-selling yeah. author and, and, um, you're an actor, a filmmaker. I, I did have a chance. Um, I looked at your, um, your TEDx talk and, oh, thank you. Yeah, that was super inspiring. I got to say. And, uh, how did you, I mean, how did you feel about, were you nervous? Cause I mean, I don't know about you, but sometimes, yeah, I fantasize about what if I ever got the chance to do that and my heart starts palpitating and I break into a sweat. So 
What was it like for you to have that invitation and to go up and do that talk? Well, thanks. It was, man, it was a lot of things. I, um, you know, I was, I was familiar with TED Talks, TEDx Talks, but that just kind of fell into my lap. And so I, I had a gentleman call me who I briefly met when I was living in Nevada who said he was curating an event and he thought I might be a good addition. Would I like to do it? And, you know, I had, I had no idea what I would talk about and, or whatever, but I, and I had three months to get ready to do it. And so I just gulped and said yes. And just really dedicated the next month to writing is, you know, the best piece that I could. And then I just practiced the heck out of it for the, the two months before the, the talk. And so when it came, yeah, I was nervous. Um, I was excited, but I tried, you know, I was nervous. I, and I probably just tried to just uh, direct it all into excitement and, and call yeah. it that instead of fear, you know, and, right. and we did, we did do a run through the day before, but it was, it was kind of tough because, there was a lot of people talking and putting stuff up and setting stuff up. So it, it at least gave me a chance to be up on the stage before a day right. before. Um, but you know, I just, uh, I just, just said a little prayer and, <laughs> and actually I went off script the first couple of minutes based on something that happened to me on the way there. And I think that really yeah. helped me get grounded and right. just kind of, get a little of the vulnerability out of the way and sharing that really helped me just kind of um, move forward. Yeah. I thought that was very cool when you, you did tell that story and you said, I'm going to go off script a little bit, which I thought, well, that's, that's a bold move, you know, cause you've only got so <laughs> much time. And uh, so you got to, you know, factor that in. And um, you know, there's just, I believe like you, there's just, there are no coincidences. So when you said you turned right. on the radio and you listened to that and a song came on and the lyrics just happened to be so poignant to where you were at that moment. I thought that was very cool. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And it, it really, it just, it hit me hard when I was going there because it just like, wow, that's me. And so, yeah, it helped, right? me, helped me settle in, help me settle in. Well, exactly. And one of you, you had like five main points. And one of those points, uh, if I remember right, number four was have fun and enjoy the ride. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, <laughs> no, yeah. I understand. So. You know, well, I mean, you know, without jumping around too much, it definitely, well, for those that, people that don't know, basically I shared uh, the journey of my last 10 years and then I wove five points, uh, wove the story through five points that I learned and utilized kind of along the way. And yes, number four was I have fun and enjoy the ride. And I think part of me lost sight of that uh, after I wrote my first couple of self-help books, I mm -hmm. kind of put a lot of pressure on myself. There's a part of me that's very driven and I put a lot of pressure on myself to probably be perfect and pious. I thought I needed to be that way since I was writing self-help and I, and I lost the fun, goofy side of me. And mm -hmm. that's something that I'm really aware of the last few years. I've been trying to just, you know, I just need to be me. I don't need to right. be anybody else. And that's what people want anyways. I, so, I agree. Yeah. And it's, uh, it almost becomes, um, well, I think you, you're right. I've gone through similar phases like that a couple of times myself where, you know, you really getting into something like, you know, for example, <laughs> we're both in the self-help, you know, industry, that's what we do. And, yeah. um, and you, and you just, you don't even realize it, but you just start to drift off in that one direction so far. And then for some reason you just think that, um, 
you know, you have to kind of be showing up more often in a particular way. And it's not that it's not authentic to you, but it's just that sometimes it starts to overshadow some other aspects of yourself. And like you said, it's, you got to go, wait a second. Um, well, I, I'm also these other things. I'm, I'm fun and, and I'm goofy and sometimes I'm, you know, a screw up and whatever. And you just have to, it, it's so freeing to just go, I, I don't have to not be those other parts of myself to also be this. Well, agreed. And, and, you know, the, and, you know, the books, that I've written were for me first and foremost, you know, in my own journey and my own growth and foundational process. And I think people who do read um, our books, um, they're wanting to be the most authentic version of themselves that they can be. And if they don't sense that the person who's writing the books is that, then what's going to give them the inspiration or permission to do the same thing? Exactly. I think, and I think that's a key word there too. I know that's worked for me a lot is, um, and tell me if you've had this experience is when you, when you see somebody that, uh, that you are wanting to get some guidance or advice from, um, and you see them doing things and being, um, a certain way it does, it, it gives you permission and you go, Oh, well they're I would have thought maybe I should edit myself there or maybe I should not, you know, reveal that. And then you see somebody that you admire or want to learn from do those things and you do, you have permission then it's like to, you know, cause they're demonstrating it. And then you feel like, well, that is yeah. okay. I, I could do that. Do you, did you get that? Oh, feeling? absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's like if they can do it, I can do it. And, and a lot of times I think I know that I gained, um, I am inspired when I see other people, um, showing themselves in vulnerable states, you know, it's just because we all, you know, social media and such. I mean, most of the time we just see the best of everybody and, and, you know, we're comparing right. that with our worst. And so anytime anybody can be real, I think is just um, a gift for everybody. And, and it just, I don't know, that's, that's what I'm trying to do and, and be is uh, the most real, um, Brian that I can be. Right. You know, and it's, it, it, and it's not necessarily that easy because I am an introverted person by nature. I'm kind of an outgoing introvert, but you mm -hmm. know, I've worked very hard at, at learning how to share more and, and, um, acting and, and studying acting has been very good for me and helped me learn how to kind of open bet. up more and feel, feel more in front of other people and, and just, uh, let that out. Right. I, I also am so impressed that you are a four-time Ironman triathlete and a cross-country bicyclist. Yes. Okay, yes. wow. That is I. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, no, that's Tell one me of about those that. Past lifetimes. Yeah, well, let's see. The triathlons happened, um, initiated when I was in college. I, I had a my kneecap got knocked out of place playing mud football with some buddies and I had to have surgery and go through rehab and everything. And it was, you know, it sucked and it was scary and I was very athletic in high school and I just kind of set a goal to do a short triathlon after I kind of healed it. And, um, this was way back in 1987. And so I, I did a short, a short race, you know, a sprint triathlon. It was maybe 500 yard swim, like maybe a 15 mile bike and a, and a 5k or something. And I just had so much fun and I felt so alive. And so I ended up doing four more races that summer. And 
I just got hooked and I did 10 the year after that. And then the third year that I was in triathlon, I ended up doing my first Ironman. Wow. And I just, it was just an intuitive feeling. I was just following. And uh, I did another one the following year in 1990. And then I took a, break, a bit of a break because I, I moved and got busy with other things, but I still kind of exercised and, and uh, did my cross country ride in 96, which was a fundraiser for um, a company called Bike Aid. And it was just the most amazing, wonderful experience that I've ever had because um, we went from Seattle to DC and went through uh, little tiny towns and big cities like Minneapolis and Chicago and Pittsburgh and had mm-hmm. all kinds of experiences. I got to stay with a, an, at an abbey with the monks in North Dakota and, and on an wow. Indian reservation. Yeah, in Montana and uh, like an Amish so, community in Pennsylvania. So it was just, just I saw America as, America, yeah. you know, all the different facets of it. That is amazing to have, um, you know, embarked on, first of all, it's a huge goal. And I, I'm super impressed by that. But then the, to have those enriching uh, experiences where you stopped along the way and spent time with, you know, the, the different, um, people and cultures that you were able to spend time with. Um, wow. How life enriching that must've been. And you may have never had an opportunity to really do that outside of that bike ride. Right. I'd always, yes, it was, I I felt alive. I just truly felt alive and present the whole time, all nine weeks. And and, uh, I, you know, I'd always wanted to do it and it just, I've, I've been a pretty good, uh, manifester through the years. And, and, uh, right at that time I was planning on moving back up from uh, Northern California to Oregon to run my family's business. And I had the summer to, um, kill. And I just happened to run into a guy I worked with in a job in Northern California who said, told me about the ride and then he had done it the very first year, 10 years prior. And so I was like, Hmm, I could make this happen. And so I just got on the horn and made it happen. <laughs> Wow. So, okay. So you said it took about nine weeks to go from Seattle yeah. to DC. Yes. Okay. So I have had a fantasy about doing a cross country bike ride since, mm, let's see. Yeah. For like, <laughs> I don't know, since 2007. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And here, so what do I need to do to get ready for that? Because I start to get winded when I drive my, ride my bike down to the end of our road to the mailboxes. Um, <laughs> it's only, uh, it's less than a mile and it's okay. pretty flat, a very slight incline. So on the way back, it's awesome. If I can make it to the mailboxes, um, I'm, I'm home free because I don't even have to pedal all the way back. So what do I so need it's to uphill. do? It's all, it's uphill on the way. Well, you know, just uh, uh, go, just ride your bike. Just don't worry about it. Just start riding your bike. Maybe try to do some spin classes if you can and just, just get, a, get a foundation going. And then it's funny, on the bike ride, there was 20 of us in the group. And uh, I would say a handful of the people did not prepare at all. And they died. They were just really hurting the first week, but they rode themselves into shape. And uh-huh. um, so, you know, if you just get your muscles used to it and just get out there and just, you know, get up to, you know, spending three, four, five hours in the saddle every once in a while, you'll be fine. I mean, we averaged about 75 a day. And I know that sounds like a lot, but if, you know, you have the whole day to do it, it's, um, it's not wow. bad. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so gonna... it, it, it's mainly mind over matter. 
Right. But, I mean, I, I was in good shape when I went into it. In cycling, it was really my thing. But, but I'm telling you, people, had, you know, they just started from scratch. And so, they, like I said, they were hurting, but they didn't prepare at all. But they, they right. worked themselves into shape. Okay, so rather than so, drop out when you're like on your deathbed, you could actually ride <laughs> through it and ride yourself into shape and keep if you yep. keep going. Okay. Yep. All right, I'm I'm heartened. I'm You should <laughs> I be. I feel there's I feel there's hope. So, uh, okay, good. Well, I'm going to I'm going to kind of put that back in my bucket list thing. <laughs> I, I, I thought I, I might could. have to ride it off, write it off, but maybe not. Maybe I'm no. bring it back out. Okay, no. good to know. Um, so <laughs> let me ask you this. Yeah. Because I, I find, and I'm gonna, I'll, I'll tee this up for a minute. A lo- maybe you've found this. A lot of times when I've worked with clients, um, and they're trying to, you know, they're trying to make some sort of a big change or accomplish some, you know, big goal, and they feel like they're, um, they're at a loss. Like they just don't have the the, uh, the internal resources to accomplish it. And so a lot of times though, we'll, we'll talk about something totally unrelated that they, that they did do or that they are doing well. And they're actually using the same resources. They just haven't redirected them to the new thing that they're trying to achieve. That's, you know, something, um, they haven't done before. So we -hmm. talk about redirecting those resources. So my, my question for you is, um, so you, you did the, uh, the, the cross country, um, bike thing and the, uh, triathlons, um, a few years yeah. back, how have those, the resources that you needed to draw on within yourself, have you, or how have you used those same resources and, and, you know, characteristics, if you will, to, propel you forward in these other areas that you, of your life that you've, you know, really become successful at. I mean, you said, you know, you're, you're yeah. acting, you're, you've written a best-selling book. Um, you know, you're, you're doing a lot of other things. Do you find you're using those same characteristics and skills and resources? Yes and no. I think, uh, since, you know, the, the first, the last triathlon Ironman I did was no six. So it's been a little while, but you know, that's, that's, I think they're, they're tied together in, in, in just, you know, listening to, to one's intuition and trusting that, that it's the right choice to make and to follow it and see where it leads. So, you know, that's definitely what I've done, you know, ever since I left my family's business into the unknown. And I kind of did that with triathlon too. But, you know, mm-hmm. one's obviously physically kind of demanding where the other is, I don't know, um, just how would I describe doing what I'm doing? I've had to step out of my comfort zone a lot in the, uh-huh. in the, in the new stuff with the books and the speaking and in the acting, or maybe I had to step out a little bit initially with the triathlon, but I kind of found a comfort level with that. If that makes sense, even though, you know, it was certain races were more challenging than others. Right. But, um, it, it became familiar where, well, with what I'm kind of currently doing, it's just a constant, um, growth process, you know, self-awareness and, and just trusting that, um, when I say yes to something that I'm going to land comfortably, <laughs> Sure. <laughs> you know, I've had to, yeah. So, um, so I guess, does that help a little bit, you know, so there's some similarities and I think, but for me, sure. ultimately learning how to trust my intuition was so key. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think I began to do that way back when. 
Right. Yeah, I think that's huge. I think learning to trust your intuition is a is a massively big piece of of yeah. uh, of moving forward, you know, and evolving in your life when it comes to evolving into areas that you are really passionate about, you know, moving in. It seems like to me, it seems like you are um, possess the characteristic of determination because it seems like with all these things that you have determined to do, I mean, you've, <laughs> you've done them and you've completed them and then you've moved on, you know, I mean, the things that you did that were more, um, you know, of a physical nature it almost mm-hmm, seems like mm-hmm. that those, you know, that the desire to, um, to go and to do something that you hadn't done before, like your, you know, the bike ride, the first triathlon. But I feel like, you know, you are a very determined person. I mean, you're a best-selling author now, so certainly you must have mm, had some determination going on there to well, write, a, you know, something of value and finish yeah. it and complete it. Well, thank you. I think, you know, I just got a little hit while you were saying that. I think part of it for me, it's a combination of when I was three, I told my mom that I was put here to inspire people. So I kind of feel, and she just reminded me not too long ago. So I kind of feel like my life's mission was kind of set, has been set up and I'm just kind of reacquainted with it uh, the last mm-hmm. 10 years, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. But um, all, yeah, also though, um, I've had to do a lot of work on my own self-acceptance and self-worthiness. So I think maybe some of the things that I've done where they were amazing and, you know, made me feel alive and were very empowering in a lot of ways. I think they were also me trying to prove to myself that I was enough. Wow. Yeah. And, And so there's, there's a total blend of, of, um, like my life's mission and me heading in the direction that I've been heading and, 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 I, you know, I can see, I can definitely sense that with the triathlons, me trying to kind of prove that I was enough, but also with some of the stuff that I've created since then, um, you know, some of the short films or books or whatever, it's like I'm still trying to prove to myself that I'm enough. And, and so all my projects have kind of just been an extension of my own self-growth process, you know, whether they're short films or videos or books, um, children's stories, you name it. Right. And, uh, so, yeah, so um, I guess it's, it's a healthy way of trying to fill that void. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So let me just, uh, if I don't push too hard. Yeah. Okay. So do you think you are at the point where you've proven that you're enough, Brian? I, 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 I'm getting close. <laughs> well, no, I know. It, it, well, I'm just being honest, you know, uh, yeah. there's still parts of me that have some fears, you know, I haven't, gone out and spoke as much as I would like to. And, and next year I'm dedicating to really making that happen. Um, I, my publisher is setting up a bunch of book talks and signings, um, early next year. And so I'm preparing a talk as we, you know, as we speak. And I just know that I do enjoy it once I get going and I just need to kind of just, just start it. You know, there's no reason not to. And, mm-hmm. and I have so much I can potentially talk about. And sometimes it does feel overwhelming on trying to rein that in on mm-hmm. all the different potential things like, okay, we'll just focus on a couple. But, um, so yeah, I, I'm, you know, it's interesting. Life's interesting. And in, uh, the energies that are out flowing around as well as like our astrological science and stuff, they're all kind of intertwined and, and, uh, you know, I've, I take a lot of some of that with a grain of salt, but 
I'm a, definitely a late bloomer and I know where I'm headed. And it's just taking me a little while longer than, than maybe some people to just solidify my foundation, but yeah. it's, it's for yeah. a reason, you know, and it's, it's just, uh, so I kind of have had a lot of experiences myself that I can empathize with others and to share and to just kind of try to, um, connect and bond with them sure. um, in I can, that regard. I can totally relate to that. Totally. I consider yeah. myself a late bloomer too. So I, I t- completely hear what you're saying. <laughs> I yeah. got it. Better late than never. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So, I feel like I'm running out of time. So it's like, yeah, right. you know, but I just need to relax and it's all perfect and just trust that it's all perfect and just try to settle on the side of love instead of fear and just, just focus on being a service and, and just having fun with what I'm doing. Yeah. And, uh, it, yeah. I get that. That's kind of the point that I've gotten to as well is, um, you know, is, is having fun while you're doing the things you're doing. And, and so shifting the focus to just trying to be in that space of I'm creating this and I'm doing it because I'm having fun with it. And it really helps to stay out of that, um, place that, you know, our, our egos or our monkey minds, you know, want to go with, um, but I might not be right for that. I might not be quite the r- enough. That fear starts to creep in. And I, I, uh, I hear you. I think when you keep steering yourself back around to, hey, I'm just doing what I'm doing because I'm loving this and I'm having fun with it. And then it, it really seems to go a long way to um, just snuffing out the fear and or at least, um, you know, managing it when it pops up. Exactly. You know, and, and I... Um... I've always, you know, one of the other things in the TEDx talk I talked about was just uh, there are there are no rules, and you know, happily expect the unexpected. And for me, I'm just trying to really remember that and just kind of just live in wonder and just let things unfold the way they're supposed to. Because it seems like I've, I've kind of tried to control a little bit too much maybe the last couple of years, and and that's uh, I don't know, it, it, it gets in the way. Mm-hmm. I hear ya. Kindred spirits here. I I can relate to everything you just said for sure. Mm. Um, So let me, let me ask you um, as, uh, as you know, our, our guest segment is going rogue. So I'd love to ask you if you could tell us about a time that you went rogue, you know, a time when you maybe stepped out of line or you did something completely unexpected in such a way uh, that it completely it changed the course of your life or affected the course of your life. So something, you know, it, for yeah. you, uh, by your standards, would be considered, a, I went rogue. Well, I think there's probably a few times, but the, the big one was when I left my family's business. I, you know, I had a, we had a golf center. Uh, it was a driving range, a retail store, and a nine-hole parts recourse up in Salem, Oregon, which, you know, was successful and provided a comfortable life for me, and I was my own boss. But yet I just, I felt like I was done growing there. And, um, you know, I had a chat with my dad and, and he was understanding, you know, I would have had, I would have done it either way, but he was understanding of the situation and we decided to sell it. And so, you know, I had no idea what I was going to do with my life, but I just had to, uh, I feel like I had this giant gift inside of me that wanted to come out, but I didn't know what it was, but I had to find out. And so, uh, it took a year 
after I had the chat with him to actually leave because we decided to sell it and it took, you know, there's a process of listing it and finding a buyer, et cetera. But it turned out to be a blessing in disguise because mm. that's when I uh, kind of accidentally wrote my first book. I, I was just out of balance during this period and I, I sat down one day to write five things that I knew that would help keep me in balance during this period. And they did help. And my intuition said, expand the list. And so that was, um, I wrote it in a month. It just kind of poured through me. And it's just, uh, it's called Brian's List, 26 and a half easy to use ideas mm -hmm. on how to live a fun, balanced, healthy life. And so that just gave me some direction. And, and uh, I moved from Salem and I was terrified to speak in front of people. So I forced myself to do um, some community college speech classes. I did Toastmasters for a year. I hired someone to be a internet radio co-host. I created an interactive workshop. I just did a whole bunch of stuff to really step out of my comfort zone and overcome uh, my fear of, of uh, public speaking. Wow. Yeah, you did. Holy bucket. So, so that's pretty, that's pretty good. I mean, going rogue, I mean, cause a lot of people they're they're on a path, right. When they're, when they're younger and like you had, um, the family business. And so the path was pretty well all laid out for you and, uh, yeah. how fortunate for you that your, your father in this case was so supportive when you said, you know, I'm, I gotta take a hard left here. This, this isn't going to yeah. work for me. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, it was, I'm glad that he gave me his blessing. I mean, I would have, like I said, done it otherwise, but, um, mm -hmm. but it made it that much easier. Yeah. So were there, were there ever any times, um, that you felt that you made the wrong decision or you second guessed yourself to the point where maybe you even stopped moving forward or you, or you were tempted to turn back or just go in a safer direction. I've definitely, I mean, the last 10 years, it's definitely been a roller coaster ride um, for sure. And moments of, you know, just really feeling alive and feeling totally aligned and other times where, um, you know, I, I, what the hell am I doing? And, you know, I think for me, a couple of years ago when I released my first children's book, it was kind of a, uh, um, it was, it was an, an awakening for me. I, it, it, it did, it did well initially and it, you know, it even hit number one in its category on Amazon during its launch. And part of me just felt kind of depressed still, and it just wasn't fun. And, you know, I, I, I don't know, I kind of thought hard and I said, you know, if it's continuing continue like this I can't do it I, I'm not having a good time and and so I just really from there on out probably for the last two and a half years just really and it's, it's been a process for me because I am driven but I'm just trying to really just enjoy the ride and have fun and mm -hmm. you know there's a part of me too since I am driven I've neglected probably some of the things that, um, that I shouldn't be neglecting, you know, I haven't probably been in that many relationships. I'm just really focused on reaching that goal, whatever it might be, you know, to, to share my stuff on a bigger scale. And so, um, you know, we all need to, there's lots of things that we need to do to allow into our lives, you know, in, in different ways right. and in different levels. And, and, and I was neglecting some of them. So, so it, you know, it's been, it's been great. It's been, there's been some, some success, but there's been a whole lot of self-awareness and, and some pain too. Sure. Sure. Um, so your, um, I'm guessing that your brand new book, uh, habits for success 
inspired yeah. ideas to help you soar. Um, yes. Yes, you're, you're Amazon number one bestseller. Uh, I imagine there's a lot, I, I'm guessing, a ton of good stuff in there to help people. It, and based on your own experiences to help people soar. Yes, thank you. Well, it's basically a culmination of the last 10 years. And another thing my mom reminded me about was when I was little, I always used to just, she said, all I said was why I always had to know the answer to something like, why, why is it this? Why is it that? And so, um, I think the last 10 years as I've been kind of journeying and, and, um, learning about myself, I've also kind of tried, been kind of almost in the observer's seat as well, mm -hmm. kind of, of my own hero's journey. And, and so I've just, uh, you know, I, I've learned what's worked for me and what hasn't worked where I kind of got tripped up and, and I just tried to share that in the book. You know, there's, it's, there's like 48 chapters. So there's a lot of, a lot of good stuff in there. I really, I'm really proud of how it turned out and I tried to do it in a, write it in an entertaining, inspiring and thought provoking way. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a chance. I haven't finished yet, but I've had a chance to start pouring through it and a ton of really, really good stuff. And they're very inspiring. I think there's a lot of points that are going to relate to a lot of people um, to help them, Thank you. you know, feel, uh, I mean, we're all about, we're talking shift is all about being the antidote to stuck. <laughs> so I think if, yes. if you're feeling a little stuck and, and you need some help, um, definitely check out Habits for Success, Brian's new book. Um, it's sure to have a lot of good tips in there for you. So let me ask you this. We, uh, we normally do a, uh, a Dear Shift Doctors segment, so where we answer um, a question from, uh, from somebody that's written to us or followed us. Uh, would you like to weigh in on that real quick? Of course. We've got a great question here from Michael from Australia. And Michael's question is, what do you do to cope when you are burnt out from work? Mm. Hmm. That's a great question. You know, and, and there are times <laughs> yeah. since I, you know, I, I keep saying that I'm driven. Well, I definitely get burnt out and there's, you know, and sometimes I used to really try to plow through it. And I recognize that nothing, I wasn't ever creative during those periods and nothing, I really couldn't get much done. And so I finally just, you know, took, took spirits, you know, nudge or whatever, and just, when I started feeling like that, I would just back off for a few days. I would just go hike. I would go take a day trip. I would just play. I would just, you know, watch some comedies. I would just try to yeah. raise my vibration. And, and, you know, I can't tell you how many times that I did take a break, um, you know, whether it was for a week or for four or five days. And there was a fear initially that, you know, I would get behind, but I'm telling you, when I came back, I was so fresh and I had new ideas and it just, I had, it's, it's a necessity. Yeah. So I would yeah. definitely tell Michael to please, you know, if you're able to just back off if you can, if you're not able to, you know, if you still have to go to work every day, just when you get home, just do something completely different to make, you know, make yourself feel happy and alive and just right. try to continue, continue to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Great advice. Great advice. And Michael, I would, I would add um, to that, um, that sometimes, um, it is about just balance and, and, and I'm a big believer, um, in having fun too. So I think that mm -hmm. that is really important to make sure that you are having playtime, that you're just, 
you know, lighten up. I think I think a lot of people just get into such a serious mode about <laughs> everything, everything in their lives that they just forget. Yeah. They forget to lighten up and just be silly or just play or just, you know, do something different, have fun. And the other thing is I, um, you know, changing, changing your attitude about work. And I always, uh, if there's something that, you know, is falls into the category of work and I really am resisting it, I, I remind myself that, uh, I'm making the choice. Uh, and I, I get to do this because I'm making the choice to do this. And, you know, at some point, um, it's maybe a, a adjusting the attitude a little bit, or, or sometimes it's telling you that maybe it's time to look for something new in your life. Yeah. So, yeah. so hopefully those are a, a few good things that can help you, um, you know, just some good food for thought there. Well, I got one more question and then, uh, <laughs> let's tell, uh, let's tell people where they can find you. Um, yeah. what is the most, I'd say, recent thing that you did that humbled you? Well, you know, and it's not really in the scheme of things. It was so easy to do, but we had a lot of really bad fires here, um, you know, two, two, three weeks ago. Yeah. um, Down down here in L.A. and the people up in Northern California really, really suffered horribly. But um, there was a a drop-off center for for people to, you know, take toiletries and just, just supplies for the people that were, um, that had been evacuated or, or had lost their home. And so I just went to the dollar store and picked up a whole bunch of stuff and, and took some of my kids' books too. And, and, and I drove there to this place and there was tons of cars lined up dropping stuff off. It almost made me emotional. It was just, you know, we get so caught up in our own lives and, and, um, our own self-importance. And it just, I needed to see that. And, and I, I, mm-hmm. you know, I love to be of service, but that I just, I need to do more of it. And that really humbled me. And it was sure. also really nice to see everybody coming together. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Um, my daughter lives in, um, in Marina Del Rey. So, um, we've been watching mm-hmm. everything really closely there too. And what a, what an awesome, um, example of being humbled because you're right it's so easy for us to be so caught up in our own universe you are aware of other things going on but (laughs) you know sometimes being aware of it and just having knowledge of it doesn't have quite the same impact as actually you know showing up and um and and experiencing something like that face to face agreed has a different impact yeah it's a big eye-opener for me wow Nice. Nicely done. So where can our listeners find you and everything, all these amazing things that you've put out into the world that you'd like to share with everybody, Brian? Thank you. Well, my website has all the information about the books. It has short films and some talks on there. It's just uh, gbrianbenson.com, the letter G, brianbenson.com. And then the new book, uh, you can find it on Amazon via the link habitsforsuccessbook.com. Awesome. Awesome. So y'all know where to find Brian's stuff. Please check it out because <laughs> it is fantastic. And, uh, and I think that you're really going to love the book. It's really, really good. And, uh, Brian, we, gosh, there's so much more that I would like to talk to you about. So we're just going to have to have you back again, especially when our, uh, our buddy Candace can be with us. So uh, yes, would you like anytime. to come back? Good. Anytime. Yep. 
All right. I would love it. So I will let you get on with everything. Thank you so much. I've so enjoyed this and uh, I wish you well and I'll let you know how the bike riding goes. Awesome. Yes, I will be your accountability partner on that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Um, Thank you so much, Lori. And um, thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you all have a wonderful holiday season. All right. Thank you, Brian. That was fun. So we hope you enjoyed that. And be sure to join us next week when our going rogue guest will be Ms. Kara Britz. Now, if you're a fan of the hit NBC show, The Voice, then you have seen Kara. So in addition to being the lead backup singer on The Voice for the past six and a half years, Kara has worked with Cher, Joe Cocker, and Blake Shelton. And we're going to be talking to Kara about how Going Rogue ultimately landed her one of her biggest breaks, which has led to her success. So we hope you'll join us for that. And um, hey, if you enjoyed what you heard today, We're Talking Shift podcast is on iTunes and Patreon. So check us out there. And uh, you can also find us on all the social media, We're Talking Shift podcast and our website, We're Talking Shift podcast.com. So please go out, have a great day, make some shift happen. And you too, Gary V. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to desantisprod at gmail.com.